I'm not sure, 20, 25, 23. But I saw it online because they sent me like an invitation. Like, well, I'm going. I haven't been to Chichuchas in a long time. Chichuchas was the first place that I had an art exhibit. When I was 45. At the age of 26, I had my first art show at the HHS. And I met Trini and Weiss. And I'm always supporting him. You know, he's been over here a couple of times at um, Gloria Martinez, the college. And I always show up because that man is an inspiration to me. He mentored me. And they are pillars, pillars in their community. And uh, however I can show my support, he, I think he was running for, for governor or something. Well, I supported him. I mean, any way I can, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, more than 50 bucks. Penniless, no job since COVID 2022. No, 2020. We're now in 2022. Mm, it seems to be better now. I got early retirement. And my mijos have been pretty much taking care of everything the rent, the light, electricity. Insurance. You know, these kids are like firme. Firme. Because I raised them. Okay? I took care of them for a long time on my own. I pretty much raised them on my own. The baby daddies are kind of like deadbeats. Well, Julian's dad died in a motorcycle accident. Angela's dad, I'm really not sure, man. He's into something. I don't drink, no, but he must be into something else. Opioids. Opioids is also an addiction. But you know what? I'm just so, so sick of it. And he tried to extort Angela for, for $2,000. He said, yeah, for $2,000, I can get you a job. But it wasn't... It was like a security job. No oh, man, so bitch. And Angie went, and me and Marcy's grandma and everybody were willing to help Julian Angela with that. But it was a scam. And Angela saw through it. Because Angela is pretty keen. It's pretty sharp. Like uh, something that right here. I'm not really going to be working in the ILW, whatever the fuck that is. No. Ah, uh, whew. 
and he's been communicating with Aiden. Aiden is his half-little brother. Aiden calls him. Aiden sends his pictures. I'm like, what does Aiden send? Like, like pictures of cars? Whatever he sees on the street. Oh, Aiden is cute. He loves Julian, too. He says Julian's his brother. Okay, they're not even half-brothers. But Angelo and Aiden are half-brothers. So, um... Mm. Mm. Me and Shulu watched Eight Mile. And I have seen it before, but it was different this time. I was inspired. This little white boy was, um, whatever he was doing, this not, yeah, he was rapping. But he was like, uh, I don't know, they like, they have like these, these rod things. And he like totally blew those negritos away. All the naked negros. I hate to say that word. But all the blacks. He like, yeah, I live in a trailer. Yeah, look at my wet ass. I mean, shit, man. Like, oh my God. If that little white boy can get out of the situation, they were in a freaking trailer with his fucking mom. Mm. It inspired me. It did. So. I've been writing for a while. Since like my midday. I'm here and right now. I haven't done that much since 2020. But. I used to write. I got published and the internet and I got fan mail and when my first fan mail I was like what yes we read I read your story I loved it I can relate to it I'm like oh that like that like was like a big validation hmm so I was talking to my sister, Julia Cagada, Lela, and I'm like, you know what? And she says, you know what, you kind of, you write real good. Kind of like Sandra Cisneros, like, like my style. But, and I said, yeah, you know what? I was thinking maybe writing a story, a book, something. Oh, I don't know, but a book. Son of a bitch. She like squeezed me like a pussy. But I sharp. Oh man, you're an educator. You're a teacher. You must have sucked as a teacher. Looking down on your kids from the top of the fucked up little glasses. And walk because she does this. When you when you're around her and you're sitting down on the couch, she like hovers and looks down on you like, can you like sit down? Because, you know, it's uncomfortable, you know. You only do that if you want to intimidate someone, right? And I guess she intimidated those students. Mm, I would not have wanted to be one of her students. I think she has like one student 
that keeps in touch with her from San Diego. Yeah, my students cried for me and hovered me. And he said, no, Miss Maria, no, Miss Maria, you cannot go. Hmm. I'm sure they didn't do that for her. I'm going to meet up with Luis and Tanini next Saturday. I'm going to take some of my, my writings and I'm going to pitch it to him. I might take some paintings because I don't know what to do with all these paintings. There are certain ones specifically for my children and I have already designated them. But I have a lot of paintings. This kid, I don't know what to do with them, man. So, I must, I'm gonna look through them, put them in the car. Who can I talk to about donating these paintings so that you and Trini can um, auction them, show them, make a little money? I really don't want anything from. On the pace that I'm going to give you. And I would tell him, if you can help me publish or write, I will give you 50%. Mm. I don't have anything else to lose. I really don't. So I'm going to pitch it. I'm going to pitch it. I'm going to put my, some of my writings, not the, old, the OGs, but like copies of my stuff, because I have a lot of stuff. I've been writing since I was like a teenager, and lately I've been writing more, but I have stories, a lot of stories, and I want to publish it, okay? And I'm going to do it before I die. That's all I fucking know, man. Yes. And I have three kids that believe in me. Um, it's gonna happen. It's just gonna fucking happen. And if it doesn't, well, it doesn't. And I'm gonna try. That's all you could do. Try. Okay, so I'm gonna do a podcast. I've been having a lot of weird thoughts. I talk in my sleep. I don't know. I talk to myself. I talk to people in my in my dreams. So I just want to share that. But my thoughts scare me. And my thoughts my thoughts scare me. I don't want to go into detail. I want to incriminate myself. But I think of um. I think of a lot of stuff. I spent a lot of time by myself. Angelo, Julianne, Marcy. They, they, I know they already think I'm crazy. I'm already, I am crazy. Okay, you don't think stuff like that and not be like cray cray. I've got things that I need to do. Issues and 
my natural stuff going on. So I can't just get up and go. It's been eight days. Psychiatric word. It did help. But I was like the most sanest and the youngest one there. These people are like beyond, beyond my realm. But um, the thing that I'm thinking, imagining, I'm not sure, I'm not sure where this is going to go. I'm really excited right now. As of right now, I think my son Julian and my daughter Mercy are going to Amoeba to meet Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son. Uh, he was my favorite Beatle. I think, I'd, well, they were all talented, but. John Lennon had like a different aura and energy about him. And so I kind of connected with that. But um, we're, we're going, we're going to see him next Tuesday at 5. I don't know the name of the place. Omiva, Omiva Records in Hollywood. I've been there one time in my life. But uh, I don't get too excited about a lot of things. And um, John Lennon was electrifying. He was my favorite Beatle. They all had talent, but John Lennon, like, the lyrics, the music. And then when he moved on beyond the Beatles. But I want to meet Julian Lennon. I, I, met, I, I named my son, my youngest son, he's 19. I named him Julian Lennon after John Lennon's son. Because I was, I thought it was such a beautiful name. I never heard it. I mean, we're from Mexico, and you know, there's different names, Juan y Pancho, and stuff like that. But Julian, I said, "Wow, that's a beautiful name." I could shout that out on the balcony and say, "Julian, Julian!" It's not like Dick or Harry or something stupid shit like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. And also, my son Angelo. I named her after a, a Duval movie called, oh God, I forgot. It's hard to find. I think it's called, okay, well, the little boy's name was um, Angelo. Angelo, Angelo, my love. That's the name of the movie. And I want to find it, and I want to see it. I want to show it to my son why I named it like that. And I'm like, I can, I can yell out on the balcony, Angelo, Angelo. I'm not Dick or Harry or something stupid shit like that. The same old thing with Julian. Julian and Angelo are my loves and my life. I have three kids. I have three cats. And they fertilize me. And they give me energy. Sometimes when I don't want to get up in the morning, I look at, I look at Rocco, my cat Rocco. He's nine years old. And and he's so beautiful and amazing. And now we got the two little tabbies. We had other cats before, but they run away. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The black ones always run away. But the little tabbies are so cute. But my daughter-in-law hostages them in her room. 
she brings her her cats. But I, I sometimes I don't see him for a day or two. But I have my my my. Rocco, are you right here, Rocco? Yeah, that's my Rocco. He's nine years old. I'm not sure how we got him. I think it was like a miracle. This little neighbor named Julissa Sanchez brought him to our house. I wasn't there. I was working at the time. When I came home, all the kids in the neighborhood were there. And Julissa was there. And Rocco was there. And my son Julian was like, can we keep him? Can we keep him? Can we keep him? And he was all free and fast. And he was cute, though. He was like white with black little ears okay we're going to keep him outside well, i don't think so this was like in fourth of july it was hot uh, rocco was on the bed with julian the next day all infested so we took him got the infested um what else did he do to you rocco they fixed you huh um he had a few issues i mean he was a little street cat and they abandoned him but we took him in. We took this little cat in, and we fell in love with him. And this cat is sleeping with he with me right now. He doesn't leave my side. He knows we're not feeling well, and he'll spend the whole day in my room. They have a lot of instinct. Cats have a lot of instinct. Well, all pets do, I think. They have instinct. If you're not feeling well, something's not right, they will stay with you all day by your side. Mm. Okay, so that was talking about right now. We're gonna go see Julian Lennon at Omiba Records in Hollywood. I, I thought my kids wouldn't want to go with me. I don't know, you know, they have other interests and other things and work. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going by myself if I have to. But no, they agreed to go with me. Julian's gonna call in sick. We're going to meet Marcy at her house at 3 in San Pedro, and we're going to drive there. And I can't wait. I just can't wait to meet Julian Lennon and take pictures of him and buy his CD and have him sign it. And I'm going to have a little gift for him. I'm not going to mention it right now, but I have a gift for him. Because Julian and John Lennon are epic. Epic! Okay, so I want to do a podcast right now. It is 10-24-22-2-12 p.m. I was thinking about my brother Benjamin. My brother Benjamin, he was so beautiful and amazing looking. and He had issues, he had problems. But I remember when I was like, I don't know, eight or nine or something. And he would get up real early. And he would go to the store to buy his beer. Because that's what he liked to drink, beer. A 12-pack, 6-pack, I don't know. Well, he walked. Because they revoked his license. Because he got in a lot of accidents. And he had metal in his legs. Shut up! I was like bitching all the time. Anyway, Benjamin would go to the store. It was called Nissan's. It was like two blocks away. 
and he would go to, to the store, get his little drink, and then um, come home, and uh, he would cook. He used to make papitas. They were like round potatoes. And I was hungry, you know. He cooked for me. He cooked for himself. But he also used to steal steak, meat. He used to put it in his, in his front of his pants and walk out the, the, the store. Well, so I'm like, steak and potatoes? I don't care. You know, he stole it, he stole it. I mean, it happens. People do that. When you're hungry and you don't got no money. So he would make these papitas. And they were like round. He used to slice them up round. And cook them up. And I would eat with him. Yeah, we used to eat steak and potatoes in the morning. And he was drinking his Coors or whatever he drank. I don't remember exactly the brand. But uh, I was thinking of him today. And none of my family has anything to say about him. He was not a bad kid. He helped my mom. My mother loved him to death. She didn't care. Whatever he did, she still loved him unconditionally. That was her only son. She had 11 kids, six died, and I'm the 11th child of 11 children. By the time I came around, I think my mom was just tired. Didn't have the patience. Never gave me a kind word. No good advice. But she loved Benjamin. Mm. And he was so cute and so fine looking. My mom had a picture of him in her living room. And women, well, young girls, they used to come to look at it. Like worship it, like Elvis or something. That's how nice looking he was. To me, he kind of reminds me like a, a, a young... Um, he could have been an actor. That was how nice looking he was. He was tall, slender. Not skinny, but as tall and slender. And, and fit. And he had like a presence about him. And the girls used to come to the house and look at the picture. And just look at it. Like, just look at the picture. That's weird, man. That was weird. But my mother loved him. She loved him so much. Well, he's, he's now resting. Rest in peace. I hope he, helped, he, he found some peace in his death because his life was traumatized. And um, he was a beaten, battered child. I think my dad tried to burn him. I'm not sure. I heard a story like that. I'm just thinking about my brother today. Right now. Benjamin. Benjamin Saldivar. Reina. Que descanse. And maybe one day, I don't know if there's a heaven or hell or not, but maybe... Sunday I could be reunited with him. 
that I love him. And he used to always set my mind. And now he's on my heart. And the day when I was making the potatoes, I mean, he like, I remember him cooking the potatoes stuff for me and the steak. That's all I have to say for now. Okay, so I'm going to do a little podcast because today is, I think, believe it's Veterans Day. Well, I don't uh, have any veterans in my uh, family, and I really don't understand why natives or any other brown uh, people unite to to fight wars for white people for profit, greed, and power. That's just my opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. But our natives, they're all proud to be fighting in wars, and they told these fucking assholes totally genocided, totally um, um, colonized, took away their children, stuck them in these schools, and had burial grounds. Took all their fucking land. Raped and diseased their women. I don't understand that. I really don't. But, you know, you have pride in that, then that's your thing. And the Mexicans, too. They also volunteered to go fight a fucking war. They promised them a citizenship. And what did they fucking do? Ship them to Mexico. They're over there in Tijuana. Don't even have the right to come back here. I don't understand. And um, my, um, I guess my sister and her husband celebrated because I guess he's a veteran. Well, he wasn't on the front line. He didn't get shot at. He didn't shoot anybody. He was like a plumber. Okay. Great. Take pride in whatever you have to take pride in. But I will never support or want my kids going to fight fucking wars for bullshit profit, greed, and power. Some of these kids go over there and they, they don't really volunteer. No, they give them money to go over there. Not much. Some of them come back. Some of them come back in caskets. Some of them come all burned and can't even recognize them without legs and arms. Traumatized. Beyond belief. Dramatized, PTSD, okay, that shit's real. Always money to send them, never money to take care of them when they come back. So that's my take on Veterans Day. Thank you very much. I'm going to do a podcast. It's Friday. Mm-hmm. Is it 6.32? Yeah, I had to go to the store and get my medications. Adjusting them again. I don't want no more meds. They don't really help. Anyways. Uh, my sister Lela sent me a, a voicemail message. And uh, I barely heard it today. <clears throat> From what I can tell... She's very irritated if I say anything bad about Irene or my mom. Well, my mother didn't talk to her the way she talked to me. My sister didn't molest her like she molested me. She wants to, like, censor me. No, you can't censor me. You don't have the power or authority. I have my feelings. I have my experiences that I went through, and um, I'm not going to shut up about it.
I won't talk to you about it. But you can't tell people, censor people, for real. Anyways, it irritates me. It bugs me. I want to call her, but I just, just rather not. The less I share, the less I talk, the better. Oh my God, my kisses and I'm racist. We're surrounded by Afghanis, Middle Eastern people, Muslims, Korean. I think we're the only Mexican family here, except for the Mavis people. Hmm. So aggravating. Hello, I should be Mexico. Why don't you go to your fucking country? Yeah, racist. Just frustrating. Very frustrating. Hmm. This guy over here is a fucking mother motherfucker. I try to introduce myself to him. I want to shake his hand. Oh, I don't shake women's hands. Fucking rat. Okay. I don't know some Muslim thing. I ain't Muslim, I ain't Christian, I ain't shit. So bullshit anyway. Okay, I'm watching The Wizard of Oz. Suck up. Like a, a acid trip. I mean, who came up with this? The, the witch. Uh, and the um, the Tin Man, and the Cowardless Lion, and the 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 oh, I'm not tripping me out. Like an acid trip or something. I've never seen it this way. It's just it's phenomenal. The movie. I grew up watching this movie. I used to watch it every year around Easter time. And Glenda, Glenda's phenomenal. Yes. It just looks different now. I mean, I used to watch it growing up as a kid. Ah, beautiful. The lion, the scarecrow, the tin man, and Dorothy. It's true. There's no place like home. No place like home. Okay. Oh, wow. I saw something on on the internet and there's this guy sitting on the road and he's an empath and um, when I was a kid I used to go up on the roof of our house so there are 20 to 20 walnuts I don't know how I managed to get up there but we used to have a swamp color and this like little shed and somehow I climbed up there and I got up on the roof and I used to sit up there 
and nice look at the whole neighborhood. And it was just amazing. Wow, I forgot forgot that um, memory till I saw this this um, I don't know a graphic or a photograph of a guy sitting on his roof. Well, I used to do that. I used to sit on the roof and observe the neighborhood and uh, just sit there. And then after I was done observing, I would jump off the roof. Jump off the roof. That's why I think my knees are fucked up. I used to do a lot of weird things. We used to live in a little house on 22 Second Walnut in Arizona. And we had a big backyard, but it was like a vast patch of desert. Not even a little twig. We had a we had a like a a stump for a tree that somebody chopped off. How cruel is that? Why why do you cut down a tree and leave a stump? That's evil. And I used to try to water it. I used to try to water it. I used to we had a hose in the backyard. And um I used to stick the hose in the hole. And nothing happened, nothing grew. I don't know where the water went exactly. Maybe to China. And then one day, I got this brilliant idea to stick the hose in the ground. And I stuck the hose in the ground while the water was running. And I kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it in the ground till it wouldn't go any further. I'm not sure what I want to accomplish. Maybe grow something. And um, then I wanted to pull the holes out. And the holes would not come out. I don't know where it went, how far it went. It was very deep in the ground. And I got panicky and scared. And I couldn't pull the holes out. So I ran in the house, looked around. Cut the biggest knife I could get, and I cut the hose and shut the water off, of course. And I don't know. I don't think nobody figured out what happened. That it was me. But that was my, that was one of my little um, adventures. And one day I was digging around the desert patch backyard, and I. Um, I used to dig for treasures. Okay, there ain't no treasures. And I found this um, can. I, I dug. And I found this like a... Some kind of a... A container. Can. Like a... I don't know, a container. And it had bones in it. I think they were chicken bones. That's weird. Why would somebody bury chicken bones? And then, um, that was a weird backyard, but nothing grew, nothing grew. It was like a big, flat, dead, lump desert. But in, in the front yard, we used to have a little tree. I think it was a, a mulberry tree, a blackberry tree, but, and, um, 
my brother, I don't know who planted it, but he used to prune it. And then we, we planted some, well, I don't know who planted the grass, I didn't. When they planted grass, and I used to love to water the grass. I love watering. And I would take my shoes off, my chanclas or whatever. And then I would like, mmm, the water between my toes. It was like real marshy. It felt so good. But nothing. And then again, Tomasita. Tomasita. Tomasita lived across the street. And she had a beautiful garden. Roses and I don't know what else she had. But whenever I, I used to wake up early sometimes and I would see her watering her garden. She had a um, mint and, and a lot of stuff. And I would run across the street and she would tell me about the flowers and the plants and how La Yerba Buena got its name. And she would give me little cut, cut links from her flowers and her plants. And I would go home and I would plant them, but nothing grew. We lived on a barren piece of land. Everything died, but we did have a little grass and a little tree. It's just amazing. I used to find pleasure interest and stuff like that. I've always been real good growing plants. I have a green thumb. I can grow anything. One time I ate a persimmon and uh, there were some seeds in there and I planted them in some little pot or little pots and they grew and they bloomed because I'm that good at growing things and nurturing things. That is my nature. I love nature. I love children. I love all animals, all God's creatures. I have three cats, but I love deer, chickens, uh, buffalo. They're all just amazing to me. And just gifts to us. And, and they're being extinct. Not the cats, not the dogs, but um, other animals on this earth. My imagination has what's gotten me through my childhood and even my adulthood. My imagination and my creativity and my art. Art is healing, artist therapy. And that is why I used to love, and I still love teaching. I miss teaching the kids. I know I fertilized, and I struck their imaginations because they used to tell me, Miss Maria, Miss Maria, you're the best art teacher. And they gave me a bunch of cards at the end of the, uh, the, the semester or whatever. Mm. I keep them all, and they're all sacred, and I honor all these kids, and I know I touch their lives, well, some of them, in a positive way, and I had really, like, tough kids, like the older kids, the fifth graders, 
I had one kid, I don't know, I don't remember his name or what school, but I used to teach at the Santa Ana, um, Orange County Children's Art, Orange County Children's Art Therapy Center, and in the after school program at the Park Museum, and various um, centers. And I also te taught um, Alzheimer's patients. But my favorite was the um, stigma art class, classes to reduce the stigma art, art class, art, reduce the stigma on mental health through art. That was my favorite. I was just, it was just so rewarding to me. I have been so blessed with art. And a big part of me has been healed. Do I struggle? Yes. Do I get depressed? Yes. I deal with mental health. And I understand it. And that I think that is why I was a good um, art teacher. A lot of these children, they're not troubled children. They are not. They are children in troubled homes and situations that they, they don't know how to deal with, so they acted out. I had one kid, I don't remember his name, but he came in the class, he was a fifth grader. I don't like art, I don't wanna do art. Um, he just had a, like a real hard attitude. Okay, that's fine. You don't wanna do art, you don't have to. I'm not going to make you. You'd have to do anything in here. Go sit over there. There's kids in here that do want to do it. But if you don't want to, go sit over there. And that chair and table over there. And write me a paper. What you want to do. What you enjoy doing. What you want to do. And he's like, mm -mm. I have to write a paper? Yes. You don't want to participate in the art class, you're going to have to write front and back. And he said, are we going to paint? Yes, we're going to paint. We're going to do a lot of our projects. And that kid turned around like quick. Okay. He went and sat down with the rest of the kids. And for the rest of the semester, he participated. He was in the front of the line. And he said, Miss Maria, what are we going to do today? turn this kid around. I turn this kid around and he be, he, he just flourished as a, um, I think I taught him something. I think I affected his life in a positive way. And that's the best part about it, being an art teacher. I had many kids. Um, there was a little kid named Julian, America, Abby, I can't remember all the names and all the schools, but it was the best experience of my life. Teaching art to children, Alzheimer's patients, mental health um, individuals. No sé por qué, pero tengo frío. Siempre tengo frío. Me quiero dormir, pero no puedo dormir porque tengo pesadillas. Nightmares and PTSD and bullshit. Just sitting on this little lounge chair.
listening to Beatles songs. I listen to Beatles songs most of the day. I'm very calm and soothing and to bring some memories. But I'm just gonna stay here till somebody comes home. Angelo or Julian. Okay, so um, it's 12-7-22, the, the, the date, 6.02 p.m. I'm feeling defeated and deflated right now. I'm trying to get Angela as my living aid. <clears throat> Denise, the management approved him. They did his background check, but the housing is giving me a hard time. They said no, because... He's already on the lease. He's already in her section eight. And uh, she's not much help at all. Um, I need, need him as my living aid because I rented astronomical. The kids are selling their plasma for God's sake just to pay the fucking rent. And that really distresses me. So, just not. The, my housing specialist is not giving us many options or any help at all. I'm going to have to talk to her ma to her supervisor and ask her to explain this to me. Why can't my son not be my living aid? He's already my caregiver. I just, just, I thought it was going to be easier once the management company and all that was approved but there's like more hoops and ring and fire circles to jump through. But I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna try until, until I have no more other options because there's no other choice at this point. This is a podcast right now. I haven't had a podcast in a while. It's real, real windy and windy outside. And I got my camera here. She's so calm and answering my little whisper. She's purring. Nothing calls me more than a purring. I whisper. Anyways. Change. 
Okay, I'm going to do a little podcast. Today is Julian's 20th birthday. Mm. God, he's such a beautiful son. God bless me with two, three great kids, two sons and one daughter. But Julian is the one that gives me all the love and affection. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I get on his nerves. Yeah, he gets on my nerves, but... Most of the time, he's just pretty easy, pretty mellow. Keeps to himself, stays out of trouble. Well, he's going to go, I don't know, I think he's going to Burbank. Hang out with some friends. I don't know, these people may meet online or something. Supposedly, Marcy's picking him up. I've talked to Marcy in a few days. I don't know, she does, she loves showing him. She'll support him alone in any way she can. Um, so I'm just really proud of him. Things are real iffy here. We don't know if we're going to move, not move, stay here. I wish that both of, both of my, Angela and Julian, would go to school full-time, work part-time, and bring our rent down. Because our rent has gone way through the roof. And we're in the process of getting restarted for our housing, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen this year. Something's going to happen. I'm going to move. Me and Julie are going to move. If the situation is going to shift, and um, that's what scares me, you know, the insecurity and not knowing what's going to happen and what are we going to do exactly, and... God, the rents are astronomical. There's some apartments over there in Santana. Two bedroom, two bath. In a real ghetto area of Santana. Like a lion first. Okay, that's not a, a really good area. It's not the worst. It's not as bad as many. But they want 3000 Dang, who's going to rent here? This is a very poor area. You guys stand, you know, across the street, you got crackheads and drug addicts and prostitutes, man. I mean, they're the most desirable neighborhood. But I don't know. It is what it is. And they're building all kinds of um, big old construction, 50 million billion apartment complexes, Santana. You know, Santana. The people there can't afford it, period. And the people that can don't will not want to live there. I'm just saying, I lived there for a while. And it was not a very good experience. I was a manager on uh, Mini Street. That's how I ended up there. I was homeless in L.A. A, par- a job came up there on Mini Street... Oh, I didn't know. I took it. Between being homeless and living on Mini Street, I had no clue about Santa Ana or Mini Street. Well, I learned very, very quick on the 4th of July, the, the Cambodian-Mexican um, um, mini war. 
the wall during the 4th of July. They they have open range, shoot firecrackers at each other and and race havoc and nobody cares. No police, nobody nobody regulates. And I was like, oh my God. I thought I was in a third row country. It was one of the worst places that I ever lived. And I lived in some messed up places. Like in in downtown LA. Hmm, I saw a lot of stuff there, experienced a lot. But you know, it's all part of um learning. And as an artist I see I see beauty in ugliness and ugliness and beauty and I photographed what I could and I think the experience made me a better artist and a better person because I learned to appreciate I learned to appreciate where I'm at right now. But things are like shifting. Things are shifting. And a lot of people are insecure about their future. But um, it has always worked out. You know, yeah, I was homeless like for a couple weeks in LA, but I was in a hotel. It was not a good hotel, the Huntington Hotel on Spring and uh, I think it was Spring and Ace. And they filmed the scene there from uh, Purple Rain. Supposedly, I don't know whether they're in Minneapolis, but no, I remember that hotel. It was a jacked up hotel. Oh, wow. Anyways, my cats are here with me. Woofy, Woofy, and Whisper. Oh, they're so beautiful. They have enriched our lives so much. And we all have, we have Rocco, but Rocco, no, Rocco's like real standoffish when they're in here. He don't want to be in here. Which is okay, you know, go with Julian or stay in the living room. He's, he's, he's changed quite a bit since we got the babies. Las Bebitas. I love Las Bebitas. Okay, I'm going to do a little podcast. It's 3.28 a.m. Um, I have both of my cats in here. The Bebitas. Luffy and um, Whisper. And I was um, thinking one day me and my kids, we were like, we're putting some stuff up for road infestation. And we were all in the kitchen. We took all the dishes out and we made some of this weird paste that my friend told me with egg yolks and, and borax and sugar. And we made like a paste, like putty. And then you stick it in your cabinets. And you know what? Did get rid of them. And then um, my son Angelo says, Mom, you're like a roach. Says, Nothing kills you. You know, whatever you've been through as a teenager growing up, um, spousal abuse, cancer, um, yeah, breast cancer. And they're like, yeah, maybe I am like a roach, you know? Roaches can survive anything, like a nuclear holocaust. And then one day I was cleaning the, the, um, the patio. We got a little balcony and got cactuses and plants and succulents and and I was sweeping underneath this little thing and there was a little cactus um 
Well, part of the cactus fell off, and there's a little cactus penca. I don't know what else to call it. And then there was, and then I swept it up, picked it up, and there was a little flower blooming. I don't know how long that cactus has been there. No light, no water, no sun. So I'm like, no, man, I ain't not like a with a roach. I'm like a cactus. And then, and you know, I go online and stuff, and I and I see a lot of stuff that that's interesting, but most of it's crap. But this one, there was a, a like a mushroom, a magic mushroom, and it said, "If mushrooms can grow from shit, so can you." And I was like, "Oh my god." I'm not a rose, I'm not a cactus, I'm a magic mushroom. <laughs> That's right, you know, I put up with a lot of shit, grew up with a lot of shit, and not a lot of support or encouragement from nobody really, except a few good teachers. A few good teachers, Mary Tuck, um, can't remember the other ones. Mary Tuck was my main one. She's the one that told me I was an artist. I took a graphic design class at Harbor Occupational Center in San Pedro. And that woman turned my life around and inspired me. And she says, that's why you see, that's why you feel, the way you do. At the time, you know, I, I was going through some depression. I started with depression a while back. And they started me on Prozac. But when I get to, when I used to get depressed, I would miss like a whole week, a whole week of school, a whole week of work. And I used to come up with excuses like a urinary tract infection or somebody died. I mean, I used to make up things because I just wasn't feeling well. I couldn't get out of bed. I wasn't functioning. I slept a lot. And, um, yeah, I've been dealing with that for a very long time. And it has kind of progressed. After, you know, it wasn't just chronic depression or depression. It was like more, I had other symptoms. Um, but right now I'm trying to deal with this. Um, mental health is real. It's real. And uh, addiction is real. And child abuse and all this stuff is real and it all contributes to mental health and how you feel about yourself and stuff like that but I was just saying I'm a magic mushroom if I can bloom from a cactus I can grow from shit I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Just, 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 
I thought it was a little, we thought it was a boy. So we had a movie like Wolf, Wolf and Amadeus. Oh. And then we found out it was a girl, but, you know, we just stuck with her. But she's, she has the, I think cats have the ability to absorb energy. Sadness, depression. Anxiety, stress. Come here with me. Come back. Come here, Mamacita. I love these cats so much. Come from Percy and her husband. Damn, that is so much beauty. That is joy. Come here, my little Wolfie. Come here, Mama Sita. Come here. Come here, Chiquita. She just added so much to our lives. Mm, they're so cute. They're, they're two little sisters, Wolfie and Whisper. But they have very different characters. Oh, she's, she's patting. She's patting my stomach. Yes. They do that. They like pat it and stuff in it. Let's see if they can later. Oh, Mama Sita, my little baby. Please come with me, okay? Come with me and call me and soothe me. I love that when you're purring. You just feel so calm. Mm, I love you. I love you. Okay, I need to do a podcast. Okay, since COVID, I don't have any taste in my mouth. My taste buds are dead. I only eat to for nutrition. I made some meatballs the other day. My son Julian. Oh, God, I love Julian so much. He's so naive and so innocent in so many ways. Wow. He was, he got up to eat. What are you eating? Meatballs. Like, warm me a meatball and a potato. And I mostly like the juice, the, the caldo. <clears throat> so you warmed me up the soup. I'm sitting on my computer. And, and okay, so I want to taste this. So I do chilitos, those little yellow chilitos because they kind of like stimulate my taste buds. And then as a, he said, you want a chilito? Yeah. Okay, so he brings me my soup and he has chilito tangling. <laughs> and I said, you want it in your soup? Well, yeah, dude. No, I didn't say that. I said, no, dude, I want it on my ass. I was just kidding, okay? I don't want the chili in the soup. Okay, where are you going to put it? 
Anyway, it was funny as fuck. We laughed. I'm still laughing. <laughs> we come up with stupid shit. Ever since the Sopranos, man, I'm like, word. Everything is cocksucker, cunt. But you know what? We love the Sopranos. We watched the whole fucking six fucking seasons. And in the end, what the fuck was that? A fucked up ending. He didn't die, he didn't live. It just like blocked out. And me and my son are looking at each other. I was looking forward to the shit all day, the green finale. <sighs> Anyways, it's a point about that. But this, the snow episode, they can watch that thing over and over again. I'm Polly and uh, Christopher and they're in the snow. And they, whatever. I'm not gonna go into that right now. No, yeah, I want the chili to in my fucking soup. <laughs>